You excited today? Come on, this is the greatest day in history, right? We're celebrating the greatest day, the greatest person to ever walk on the planet. We're celebrating Jesus today, amen? Not that we don't celebrate him every day, but we're celebrating him especially good today, right? Well, today we're going to end our series, our three-week series. We've been talking about This is Jesus has been the, uh, the, the title of the series, and we've been talking about the I Am's of Jesus, and you might you might say, well, what is what is an I am? An I am is basically a picture that Jesus painted of himself in, in Scripture. He said, "I am this, and I am that." And last week, or, or two weeks ago, we talked about um, Jesus said, "I am the the light of the world." He said, "I am the bread of life." And last week, we talked about, "I am the good shepherd." We talked about how how, how Jesus is the good shepherd, and his sheep know his voice. You remember that from last week. Remember, I had you go back and <clears throat> good, incredible things happen at our church <clears throat> today. I want to talk to you about the I am that really stands out for this weekend. And it's a statement that Jesus made about himself. And man, I just want us to get this statement today. I want you just to get this statement and plant it down deep in your heart because you're going to need it. Amen. You're going to need it. There's going to be times in your life where you're going to need you're going to need what Jesus said about himself today. Amen. John eleven twenty five. if you want to turn there, if not, it'll be on the screen. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, he said, anyone. So who, who qualifies as anyone? Raise your hand. <clears throat> even after dying. Just to be real clear, if there's going to be a resurrection, there has to be something dead. There's no use in trying to resurrect something that's already alive. Amen. The only way a resurrection can take place is when something is dead. The Bible says that before you met Jesus and before you gave your life to Jesus, you were spiritually dead. You were still walking, moving, breathing, cussing, talking, doing all the things that you do. But you are the walking dead. And when you met Jesus and you gave him your life, you became alive. That's the good news. Amen. I'm alive. It doesn't matter what comes up against me. I'm alive. Right. Doesn't matter what people say about me. I'm alive. I'm walking with the living. Come on, somebody. I'm not walking with the dead anymore. When Jesus said this statement about himself, he was actually talking about a broader story about another guy who died, but didn't stay dead. You remember the story of Lazarus? I think almost everybody knows the story of Lazarus. But let's go to John 11, starting at verse 1. Watch this. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. You see, Jesus and Lazarus were very good friends. Not just acquaintances, they were very good friends. In fact, from time to time, Jesus would stop at Mary and Martha's house with Lazarus and have supper, spend the night, maybe hang out for the weekend. Right? 
So, so, so Lazarus is very, very sick. And his sister said, man, we got to get a message to Jesus. Which is the same thing that we do today, right? When somebody, you, you hear news that somebody's sick. Somebody's been, been, been diagnosed with cancer. Somebody's been diagnosed with a termini- terminally ill disease. When somebody, what do we do? We cry out to Jesus, right? Jesus, your dear friend. Your dear friend, he's sick. You got to come, come quickly. Right? When we pray, we pray, Lord, we need a miracle now. Lord, now. Show up, Lord, please, now. Anybody ever pray that prayer? There may be some of you here this morning that you've got everything going on. You really don't need anything that's re- that needs to be resurrected. But there's some of you here that uh, you've got something that's dying. Maybe you heard the news. <clears throat> Maybe you heard that, that someone's dying, a loved one. Maybe a job that you loved, a career, a dream is dying. And it, need, it needs something resurrected. Amen. In the middle of all this, Jesus makes this amazing statement. I want you to hear this in verse 4. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. Now think about that. Jesus is hearing the news that his best friend's dying. And Jesus goes, nah, this isn't for the end. I mean, this is going to be for the glory of God. If I was one of Jesus' disciples, I'd have been one of those. But this is his friend. Hmm. The very thing that you thought would never, ever happen. God is going to bring glory to himself through that. The thing that you, you dread the most, the thing that you pray never happens. If and when it happens, God's going to bring glory through himself. Let me summarize verse 5 to 14 for you. <clears throat> Everybody believes that, that Jesus is going to, he's going to come to help. He's going to, he's going to come to the rescue. But what does Jesus do? Nothing. Isn't that so strange? They're crying out, your friend, your friend, your best friend is dying. Okay. (laughs) Does that bother you? That kind of bothers me. I mean, can just be honest this morning? It kind of bothers, it bugs me. Jesus does nothing. For two days, he doesn't do anything. Now you, I can I can see his disciples in the corner, right? Going, man, what's he doing, man? Man, what's this Jesus? Man, I thought this this guy's got the power to go heal. I mean, he could I mean he could say the word right here, and Lazarus could be well. Why don't he just say the word? And Jesus just does nothing. They're freaking out and Jesus is just sitting there hanging out. Isn't that life? We're sitting there freaking out. Oh, God. Pulling all your hair out, right? Oh, God, God, you please help me. Jesus is like. I mean, think this is what comes to mind. This is what comes to my mind. They're in the storm. They're in the boat. 
The disciples are trying to keep the boat afloat. Where's Jesus? Sleeping. They didn't have boats like we have today where there's a nice cab with a cushion and it's watertight. They didn't have that. He's sleeping in the boat. I'm sorry, but I'd have threw something at him. <clears throat> right? On accident. It made it look like an accident. Just, oh, sorry. Oh, since you're awake, would you? <laughs> right? Two days later, he says to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. They say, no, if we go there, everybody's, everybody's going to kill you. Which would be true. But he says, no, Lazarus has fallen asleep and we need to go wake him up. Now, we all know Lazarus wasn't taking a nap, right? And Jesus wasn't going to go tap him on the shoulder and wake him up. Well, what he was saying is that Lazarus is dead and we need to go raise him from the dead. That was the deeper truth of what Jesus was saying, that Lazarus has finally died and we need to go resurrect him. What a statement. What I want to do is I want to look at three different characters in this story. I want to first I want to look at Thomas. Y'all know Thomas's nickname now, right? His, how do we know Thomas as what? Doubting. Doubting Thomas. And then I want to look at Mary. And then I want to look at Martha, the other sister. And we're going to see three different ways that, that we're dying on the inside. And perhaps at this point in your life, some of you can relate to what we're going to talk about. So number one, Thomas was dead in his doubts. Thomas was dead in his doubts. Thomas was there during all this. He, he, he was watching what was going on, and he was dead in his doubts. In, in verse 16, it says, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to the fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. In other words, let's go with Jesus and just get killed too. He doubted. He didn't believe it could happen. You ever been in that spot in your life where you just say it can't happen? No, nah, there's no way. Show me something. How many of you would be honest this morning and say that there's been a point in your life where you've had some spiritual doubt? Would you raise your hand? No, like really raise your hand? For all of you who did not raise your hand, you can keep polishing your halo while I talk to the real people this morning. Because we've all doubted. Right? Everybody's cried out and in the back of your mind going, oh God, please, I hope he shows up. I just don't think he can do it. I mean, you look at your baby, I don't see how he's going to do it. <laughs> Number two, Mary was dead in her discouragement. She was discouraged. Mary was just done. You ever been done? You, ever, you know how it is when you look at your kids, you go, I'm done. And that's when the kids go, she's about to blow. Right. I, I mean, it, you done had it up to here already. Now you're done. Right. She was discouraged. Verse 20 says, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Stayed in the house, probably just walking around. The, That's about right. You know, come here now. He's been dead for three, four days. I can't believe he, it's, it's too late. He can't do anything now. It's over with. It's impossible. He's been dead too long. He can't do it. <clears throat> Some of you ever make that statement? Some of you walk around the house looking like this? Hmm? Kind of like, man, come on, Jesus. 
Some of you are right there right now with whatever's going on in your life. You're right there right now. Listen to me. That's okay to be there. It's just okay not to, it's not okay to stay there. Amen. And number three, Martha was dead in her delay. She was dead in her delay. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Imagine how she felt. Imagine what what emotions were running through her, ladies. You can relate. Come, us men, we ain't got a clue. You, you can relate, right? I mean, you, you know how she probably felt. If, if you would have only been here, Jesus, I can't believe we're your best friends. He wouldn't have died if you would have just showed. Why didn't you just say the word? Sometimes God takes too long, doesn't he? According to our timing, doesn't he? I mean, I can can give you an honest statement. He always takes too long for me. Right? I make more mistakes running ahead of God and then having to back up. Than I do of not hearing him and just sitting still, right? I mean, he just doesn't move fast enough for me sometimes. <clears throat> I, I think he's trying to teach me something. So pray for me. <laughs> and I'll pray for you. <laughs> so in her mind, Lazarus was, was just, he wasn't just mostly dead. He was really dead. Lazarus was dead, dead. In that time, that culture believed that if, 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 if the body was dead for four days, after the third day, they believed that the spirit of that person left. This was the fourth day. The spirit was gone, according in, in, in Martha's mind. It was gone. In Mary's mind, it was gone. There was no hope. In other words, Jesus can't even do something about this. The spirit's man's gone. He, he's dead, dead. Some of you are saying that situation is dead, dead. That marriage is dead, dead. That relationship is dead, dead. It's not just normal dead. It's dead, dead. Some of you have said that. Some of you are making that statement right now. Watch verse 22. I got some good news for you. Before I give you that, let me give you this. God's delays are not God's denials. You're going to have to hang on to that one. You need to chew that one a couple times. God's delays are not God's denials. In other words, if he takes a little bit longer than you expect, it's not that he's saying no. It's just that he's saying, hang on for a minute. Right? This is what I believe now is that that a lot of times I believe he just wants to gather some people around your situation. He wants to get you a little crowd, a little audience around your situation. Right? Because he wants maximum impact. So you're going through your thing. Let's say a loved one has cancer and you're walking through that. God wants to bring a crowd, right? Because why? He's, he's bringing glory to himself. He wants his name lifted on high. He wants people to realize that he's the healer. He's the one that's going to do the miracle. Not doctors, not medicine. He's the one, right? So he's going he's to take a little time and build a little crowd, a little audience. His, his delays are not denials. And so many times we give up when we get into delays, don't we? He's not moving fast enough. I got to make, make my own provision. 
I got to make my own way. I got to make my own decision, right? Verse 22, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. This is Martha's statement. But even now. Some of you need an even now moment with God. Some of you right now, you need an even now moment. Whatever you're going through, you just need to say, Lord, just even now, I know that, that you're the God of the impossible. Even now, you can do something. Even now, you're discouraged and the presence of God can come and build your faith. Even now, when you feel alone, the presence of the Holy Spirit can give you an overwhelming peace. Even now, our God can reach into your jacked up family and bring healing and forgiveness and restoration. Even now, when everything looks impossible, we serve a God who says all things are possible. Even now, when there's nothing that is dead, the resurrection power of Christ can bring it back to life. What's in your life that needs to be resurrected? What needs to be resurrected? Because you need to stand in front of it. And you need to have an even now moment. You see, an even now moment is for you and your faith where you got to say, Lord, even now, uh, even now that I'm doubting, even now that I'm discouraged, even now that I'm delaying, you can still show up. Right? You can still do something. Verse 23, Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her, watch this. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. She was confused about the resurrection. She knew that he could do something and she, that he could do the impossible. He said, yes, he will rise again. And she's thinking, okay, yeah, when, when, when everybody else rises at the second coming, yeah, he can, he's going to rise to everybody else. That's great, Lord. I thank you for that. But, but I really wish he would rise now. And look at Jesus' statement. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say, I can resurrect and give you life. I am the resurrection and the life. There's a big difference in that statement. One says that he can do something, and the other says that he is. Amen. So if you want resurrection and you want life, it's in Christ and Christ alone. It's not in any other thing on the planet. He is the resurrection and the life. And if you want that and you need that, you got to get in him. Come on, somebody. You got to get in him because he is. It's not that he can The resurrection is not an event. It's a person. It's who he is. Because if you only believe that he can, then you also believe that he can't. Come on. That was good. That was straight from the throne room right there. If you only believe that he can or he he can resurrect, then you can also believe the opposite, that he can't. When the truth is, is that he is. It's who he is. When he walks into the room, things resurrect. When his presence gets close, life comes up. What's dead starts to live. That's why we're called to be his children and walk around with this resurrection power inside of us so that we can walk into a dead environment and see life come. 
That's why when you go to work tomorrow morning, you need to know that I am a part of the resurrection and the life. He's inside of me and I'm inside of him. So when I step on that job, it's like, hey, let's go. Something's got to change. Amen. Something needs to be blossoming around you. Something needs to be rising up. Amen. Verse 39. And I believe that the whole event, this whole thing. is starting to get amped up a little bit. You ever been a part of something that gets a little amped up and you go, oh, it's about to get out of control. I love those moments. There's just something inside me goes, oh, here we go. We're about to see something. Mm. I get excited. I just like, I like adrenaline. <clears throat> so when I read this, you, I'm going to preach it like I read it. Okay. So just hang on for, if you're a soft, cuddly type, you might not like this. But verse 39 says this, Jesus is standing there. He just speaks truth to Martha. Martha's world was just rocked in that moment, by the way. She just saw a side of Jesus that she never saw before. She went from he is able to he is. Watch this. Jesus is standing there and he looks at, he looks at the tomb and he goes, roll the stone aside. Jesus told them. But Martha, the, the dead man's sister protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. I mean, she's getting nervous, right? She doesn't want anybody to see her dead brother. In the tomb after four days. You see, when we're walking through something, sometimes we want to keep the stone in front so that nobody can see that we got some junk in the trunk. Right? So nobody can see that we got some issues or some problems or that we're struggling in our marriage. We want to hide it behind a stone when Jesus says, roll the stone away. I did a little study last night about what happens to the body after it dies. Immediately the, 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 the blood stops flowing so it all puddles down to the bottom. This is like in the first day. So all those bacteria and things in your organs, they start to take over. And that's ultimately what ends up decomposing your body. After a couple of days, your skin starts blistering. And if you touch it, it can flake off. That's his condition. When the Bible says he was dead for four days, he was decaying for four days. You got to get a picture of this. You got to see this. This isn't just a fairy tale. This is legitimate. He was in the grave, wrapped in cloth, no embalming fluid, decaying. Four days. There was a stench. It smelled bad. I would imagine the smell was probably leaking out behind the stone. And Jesus says, Roll the stone away. And Martha's going, no, Lord, the smell is going to be terrible. Watch Jesus' response. He says, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so so that they will believe you sent me. He prayed out loud. Did you catch this? There's a crowd by this time. There's people gathering around and Jesus prays out loud. Lord, thank you that you sent me. And that you hear me. 
And I'm saying it out loud so these people will know that you sent me. Right? He wants to bring glory to himself. Then the Bible says in verse 42, I mean 43, then Jesus shouted. You don't know how bad I want to scream at the top of my lungs. (laughs) Lazarus! Come out! Are you hearing me? It wasn't no, hey, Lazarus. Oh, Lazarus. Come on, buddy. No, Jesus was proving something in that moment. He was proving that he is. He was proving that I am the resurrection. And people needed to hear him say it. And he said, Lazarus! Come out! You know, sometimes in life, you need to speak to your dead thing and say, come out! Don't use that on your kids. Use that on whatever's dying inside your life. Amen? Don't waste it on your kids. They're alive. They just need a little bit of direction. You just need to speak to those dead things in your life. If your finances are dying, you need to grab your checkbook and say, Come alive! Right? You may need to look at each other and say, Quit spending! Whatever. Don't get physical. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a a, a head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. God, what a moment. What a moment. I guarantee. Okay. I guarantee the people that saw that don't have an issue of who Jesus is. Right. They don't have an issue. How Thomas denied Jesus after he died, after seeing this, I have no idea. I'd have been like, I looked at the brother next to that dude's legit. Man, like serious. I mean, come on. A dead man walked out of the grave after four days. And he said, take the clothes off of him. What a moment. What a Jesus. That same power is alive today. He still is. And he will always be the resurrection and the life. If you want resurrection and you want life, you got to get next to him. You got to lay your life down in front of him and let him pick it up. And just somehow he makes this little mysterical kind of com- combination where you, the two become one with him. And then you've got this power, this resurrection power inside of you. And something changes, right? Your countenance changes. I love to watch people that are spiritually dead become spiritually alive because something changes. Something changes are waking up. The skin color changes. I'm serious. You'll get prettier when you get close to Jesus. If you're a man, you'll get more handsome when you get close to Jesus. 
Come on, why? Because you've got some good blood flowing in your body. Amen? He is the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in him will never die. Come on, you know what the enemy's trying to do? He's trying to kill, steal, and destroy everything in your life. But you belong to the resurrection and the life. That's who you belong to. You need to remind him of that. And sometimes you need to remind yourself of that. Amen. What you going to do with that now? What you going to do with you got today? You going to live. And you're going to live like you've never lived before. You're going to get a little pep in your step. Some of you are going to walk out of here faster than you walked in. You might, you might get a speeding ticket on the way home just because you've got so much life in you, you don't know how to control it. Right? You're going to have this perpetual smile on your face. And it's going to be like, what's wrong with him? I don't know. You'll be crying and still smiling. You've got life in you. There's been times in my life where I've believed that in my head, but I never believed it in my heart. Right? There's times in my life that I I knew Jesus was the resurrection and the life, but there's got to be something greater. It's got to get in your heart. It's got to become who you are. You belong to the resurrection and the life. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Can you stand up with me this morning? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. I just want, I just want us to say that verse together. On the count of three, we're just going to say it a couple times, all right? One, two, three. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. Come on. Let's give God a big hand clap this morning. You can shout. You need to jump. Do the cabbage patch, whatever you need to do. We're not filming this. Lift your hands towards heaven this morning. Lord, we thank you for being the resurrection and the life. We thank you that we were resurrected, Lord. One day we were, one day long ago, Lord, I was dead. I was dead, Father, now I'm alive. And I've got this life in me, Lord, that needs to pour out. It needs to, it needs to flow out of me, Lord. And that's your life inside of me. It's not meant to stay in me. It's meant to flow into this world. And so, Lord, help me to be a, a faucet of your love, a faucet of resurrection, a faucet of life. That, Lord, everywhere I go, anytime somebody touches me, looks at me, or says anything, they see resurrection in life, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you are. And not that you just can, but that you are the resurrection and the life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap this morning.